Say, goddamn. You said, all right, all right, all right. I said, let's do a podcast. Let's sit down. Let's get a coffee. Let's just talk about one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. With the sound, got a little podcast. Grab yourself a little coffee and a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so we've got to do the whole intro again. Oh, good, mate. But it's fine. Glorious. So, welcome to the Coffee with Sam podcast, Josh Lloyd. How's I'm going to do a small, a small uh, intro on you. So, Josh is a performer. Would you would class yourself as just a performer? Or? Yeah. And he has been touring. Yeah, just yeah. get on stage, have a bit of fun. Um, he has been touring for the last three years with the worldwide hit show, The Choir of Man. And if you haven't have seen it, go and find somewhere that's got it on um, um, and go and see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're in the UK. Uh, we're going to the West End as of uh, right at the end of October 29th. They open in the West End at the Arts Theatre, just behind Leicester Square. Um, yeah, go down, get your tickets. So Josh has been in commentary for how long was it? Three, just under three months. Three I think months, we were there so, for like 10 weeks. So if you're months. local to me or you're in the Midlands and you've been to see it, then Josh was the um, the pub landlord. So he was the man, the, the man, they were in the middle of the stage the whole time. And he didn't tell us anything about this show. Uh, <laughs> and we went to see it. And he's basically the Josh show. Jeez. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> so do tell him the story about you near enough. Um, but it was good as a friend for you not to tell us that because we got the... We didn't know what it was anyway. We just knew yeah. it was a pub. You get the full um, effect. So explain to the listeners, viewers, what is the choir man? Yeah, it's quite a hard thing to explain to me. It's like a, a pub gig, I guess, basically. Um, it has a bit of like narration throughout. Um, and it's just nine normal guys. Um, in the new version, there's also a band, so there's like four band members as well. Um, but yeah, nine guys singing songs. That's pretty much it, really. It's, it sounds really wet, but um, there's something about the show that's so endearing, and we sort of touch on like toxic masculinity, and it's just that safe space that men feel comfortable enough to come that's not with their wife or with their partner or around family and they can go and see their mates and if they need a little cry then they can go and cry and the pub is the perfect place for that um and you can open up to your mates more than you can open up to anyone about certain issues and there's some things that you feel like you can't talk about your wife to or or you just need a bit of that sort of like oh mate don't worry about it come on and rough up and let's have a game of pool or darts or let's have a bit of a pint or even a cup of tea um, and that's sort of what we talk about in the show and yeah we sing songs literally from like 70s all the way up to the modern day they've sort of been remastered and rearranged by um, a guy called Jack Bloom um, who's our musical supervisor composer um, and he's rearranged all these songs um, we sing like Guns and Roses and Sia Chandelier um yeah, it's all just... Pina Colada. We do sing Pina Colada. <laughs> you may get to hear Pina Colada. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just good fun. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Maybe I like about it as well, the songs, near enough, all of them have been slowed down from their original. So you learn lo- loads more about the song. And then yeah. obviously, the music, how clever your musicality is of why the song's being used... And then, like, your, I think when you, you played a part when it was, they were trying to get you a girlfriend... Yeah, yeah. Well, then, I never even knew that song was about an ad in a paper... Having, do you know what I mean yeah having, yeah yeah yeah. I just thought it was just sang, you just sang the words yeah. because it was sung slowly and 
because it was used as this is your ad for trying to get a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, now I know what the song is. Yeah, I think, especially with like, mu- we're all sort of trained in musical theatre and our job, I guess job, is to portray some sort of story. So when we're given a song with whatever lyrics and we crowbar it into a form of a musical, a lot of people listen to the lyrics more than they do. They know the tune, so they sort of, that's bygone. Um, but as a performer, it's your job to get the lyrics over, to get what the song's about. Um and hopefully we do that in the show. Um, especially we, we sing um, Hello by Adele. And that's sort of, not a sombre moment, but it's like a reflection moment for one of the characters. Characters, guys. We don't really play characters, but yeah. Um, and yeah, the the words come out quite a lot in that as well. And yeah, it's just, it's good fun. It has its like lower moments, but we bring it straight back up. What's it like compared to doing any other stage show you've done because of how relaxed it is. It's like a literally when you say the, the advertisers like come and have a night out. Mm-hmm. You're literally giving points to, to the to the audience before it starts. Yeah, and it literally is like a night out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, before COVID happened, you would physically come up on stage before the show starts and get a pint from the barman, myself, or on on stage. Um, and then during the show, we'd bring people up, and like Sam says, we did pina colada, and we'd bring a girl up, and she'd get a pina colada, and it's all good fun and games. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID, we uh, worked around it, which was fine. Um, the difference is that in a normal, we call them book shows, which is like your Oklahomas and your Lamez, is it's literally what's in that script is what happens on stage. Um, and nine times out of ten, it doesn't really deviate from that. You say those words to that person at that point on the stage, your light is going to hit you there. The mic's going to pick up X, Y, and Z. Um, whereas with Choir of Man, it, it actually comes into its own when things go wrong. And nine times out of ten, things will go wrong, or not necessarily wrong, but they'll be different from the night before because of just how the atmosphere is. Someone will shout something out, and you a lot of the times you can't just like shrug it off. You sort of react to that because it's part of it's part of the show. Um, and like something will fall over, or there'll be a spillage of some description, or someone will have stood in the wrong place, or like it's just how it is. And the team, the amazing team behind the show, have made it that that's fine and actually like I say it sort of makes it better um I always say about this show this show is perfectly imperfect if it was perfect it would be boring but because of those little imperfections that happen nearly every night it becomes better than perfect on that note I'd like to ask like (laughs) I'd had a few drinks obviously I was enjoying myself (laughs) um but it felt like that type of show where you want not a heckler but you want people to be involved. You want the audience to yeah. not just sit there and go at the end, good One, job. Yeah. You want it, the, when you smash Queen, you want them to finish with cheering you there like it's just <laughs> finished. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. Pina Colada to be joining in and singing with you. Yeah. And then laughing at the end and clapping you again, like at the end of every song. Like there's some productions where, I don't know, Wicked, I went to see Wicked. Um, and you wouldn't clap after every song. No, yeah. Like, maybe when they hit the gravity or whatever, you like, good job, I've waited years to see that live yeah. or whatever, but you wouldn't clap after every song, whereas I feel like this one, you want to clap and join in and woo <laughs> after every song because it's so intimate, like you say. It's so it's so audience engaging. Yeah. It makes you want to do that. There's a question, but you, I don't know if you can remember it. Do you know when he was singing um, uh, 100 mi- uh, 500 Miles? Yeah. And I shouted, 
Are you fishing for that? Or is that not how it should have gone? No, it's a full-on like sing-along. People get involved. It just goes... That song in particular just goes a bit crazy. People it felt, it will felt shout like he was and... fishing for it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It was like that fishing for someone to jump. Because then you all... If, if that was all... Like, is it called ab lib? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. If that was because you all come to the front of the stage. Yeah, yeah. And, like kicked off. Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, yeah. I think especially with that song, um, it's just a little crazy. It's one of those audience interaction sort of like four minute sections where we know someone's going to scream. We've had everything that can happen on stage. We've pretty much had since I've been doing the show. I've literally had like people walk up and ask for a pint during that song, and you're like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, come on. Um, yeah, it's just one of those songs, and we all expect, and like in rehearsals, you're like, this is probably gonna, something's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there are obviously the mo- the audiences re- audiences generally are really good at like feeling a moment. Um, so like for instance, with Hello, they know this is a little just shut up. Yeah, this is a little more sad. This is a little more somber. And we're gonna we're gonna love it and we're gonna appreciate it. Whereas with like Pina Colada, they know full well that this is a party song and we're gonna like go to town and we can scream, we can shout, and it's gonna be fine. Um, and nine times out of ten, it's fine. Like we know what's gonna happen and it's all good. So yeah. So what do you prefer? <clears throat> do you prefer like the choir man type on stage or? strict this way go do night in night out exactly the same um i think it's a good to have variety um a lot of my career has been choir of man now um and i love that audience interaction like i did panto for a very long time so i learned how to deal with the crowd very well i'm a people's person i've worked in customer service when i'm not acting i'm just i'm fine with people whereas there's a lot of people that hate to talk to like because they don't know what someone's going to say yeah and if you're not used to that it can really like put you up like our oh, tapper bless him um there's a tapper in the show adam love you um he just wasn't used to that audience interaction at first it was like oh my god what do i do when someone speaks to me and i don't know what they're gonna say <laughs> um but it's something you learn and then by the end of the run he was like giving it out all over the place and loving it um yeah but I also love your lame misses of the world where you know exactly what's going to... You know that musical note is going to be on that beat every single night <clears throat> and everything's going to be fine. And yeah, it's very rare that anything happens differently from what you set in the rehearsal room. Um, and I think just having a varied career of doing it all yeah. makes you a such like more rounded performer. Um, it's the same even, like I say, to younger people who I do workshops with and stuff like that do backstage work as well like to know it helps you so much to know what's going on behind the scenes when you're up front like it's all fun and games when you've got your microphone on and the lights on your costumes on and everything's going great and then something goes wrong you come on stage and you're like screaming at people because it happens because that just comes from not knowing what's going on whereas if you go to backstage and do a little work you know look that was no one's fault. No one could have predicted whatever happened. The mic cut out because the mic cut out. It was just life. Yeah. Um, and I just think that makes you such a <clears throat> more rounded performer because you know what's going on backstage that's making you be so great front of stage. There's no show that happens with just performers. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. You need those backstage people. So. Is anyone in the show 
are they their character off stage the same sort of character because we had a group of friends who obviously we all knew you and we said that's the perfect character for you Mm -hmm. i probably wouldn't maybe one or two other characters that have put you in but that is you right do you know what i mean like yeah yeah. I know sometimes you don't do people. <laughs> like, There's a lot of times I don't sort of do people. Sit at home out of the way or just don't talk to people. But like, as soon as I found out that was you were the barman, I was like, turned to the lads and was like, that's Josh's perfect barman. Like, <laughs> and then grinding on a mop. <laughs> oh, no. Pina Colada, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, generally, uh, yeah. Uh, it's sort of yes and no. Like you said, nine times out of ten, the person who is playing whatever character we're sort of playing on stage, um, sort of 80% of them is that. Yeah. And it's that 20% when you go and watch any show, like anyone playing anything, you go, oh, that's their version of X, Y, and Z. Um, but generally, yes, most of the people playing... So in the show, we don't really play... There is like characters and archetypes shall we say in the show um but generally we don't really play we all use our like proper names and we sort of call each other by whatever we call each other off stage and we're very lucky that nine times out of ten in this show the cast get on backstage like off stage so i lived with mark and mark's one of my best mates um because you had your names in the show didn't you yeah everyone uses their actual names and but that makes the show even better too like yeah just that that camaraderie yeah, yeah, and you've not got to think oh his name's supposed to be Phil and like he's, he's supposed left, to be he's James definitely not Phil and, yeah do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like yeah. so again that's credit to the team they were like we're always going to use your names and and yeah it all works very well what's your best ab libs how you say it ad lib ad lib moment or heckler moment or you've had to come off the cuff moment um in the choir man yeah um to be fair, in Coventry, it wasn't really an ad-lib moment. It was just pure shock and horror. Um, I was doing Somebody to Love. Um, and obviously, we've had the COVID safety. <clears throat> and um, we've not really had anyone on stage. And there's a bit where I like get into it, close my eyes, sing a, a, a note, and just sort of like belting it out. And I've got my eyes closed, literally on the front of the stage. Like, you're sort of not even half a metre away from the crowd. And this woman comes up. And like within an inch of my face, she's like, I, she sits there and I open my eyes and she's like in my face. And honestly, the lads were like, I have never seen you jump. I have never seen you jump back so quickly in like, I I think I was like nearly heart attack. Well, imagine, yeah, because I can imagine you hitting that note every night. You're right. Like you say, your eyes are closed. You're actually thinking, I don't want to squeal it. Literally. There's a few notes in that that could go real wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they've definitely happened. Um, Um, And then you open your eyes and she's just there. Literally. And you just nutted her. I just was like... punched her off the stage. I think because, also, because we'd not had the whole, like, audience interaction, the COVID thing. So we'd not really had this, like inter audience close yeah, thing yeah, yeah, for a bit so the first time it happens this woman like what was she doing she just wanted to tell me she loved me oh like literally like it's i don't know what it is about this show but crazy middle-aged women go crazy dude you grind you've got dungaree not yeah you got yeah suspenders on, suspenders things. on 
You're a you're owner of a pub. They're lapped into the story. You're grinding yeah. on a mop, mate. Tell them how you want to drink pina colada. I don't know do what yoga. it is though. It doesn't matter where you are. Like I've done this in the Caribbean. I've done it in the US. I've done it in Australia. I've now done it in the UK. Middle-aged women. This this is like catnip for middle-aged women, <laughs> and they just go mad. Well, you're you're young, young man, singing good songs, yeah. drinking, grinding, and it's you know what. Yeah, yeah I can't even say anything to it because it's just crazy women. Mate. It's just crazy no women. Bad looking chap. No, well, if you sang to me, I'd probably tell you I wanted to love you as well. <laughs> um, it's worse when it happens to the blokes. You come out at stage and they're like all squealing. It's, the wife will come over and is like, "Can my husband get a picture with you?" Because he just like loves you. I was like, uh, "Yeah, why not?" But there is something, man. There is something about like I've always been into musicals, always been into the performing and all that stuff, but. When I'm a, a man, man, yeah, they still like it, and they yeah. try and lie they don't. Like they try and nah, literally one of the greatest man. moments of Coventry. Well, actually, one of the greatest moments for the show for me um, was we'd done a show. It was a pretty good show. Um, walked out of stage door, and there was probably eight or nine blokes between the ages of like fifty and seventy, and uh, one guy was like, "Oh, I've been before." And I told all these lot to come, and honestly, all their faces lit up, and they were like, "We just wanted a bit of a lads' night out, and we loved it. Well done, mate." Shook my hand, gave me a pint, and then we're like, "Cheers, mate." And I was like, <laughs> "That is what this show is about. Yeah, like, yeah. these are not theatre people. No, no, no. These are the blokes who go down the pub or go for a golfing day out, or you know what I mean, like a lads' night out in Birmingham or whatever." And they took the time out to come and see the show and they absolutely loved it. And that is, in my opinion, just what the show's about. We're just broadening theatre. Um, and and it- I love what you said, though, about what the story's about. <coughs> yeah. And mental health and, and men's mental health is a massive thing at the moment. Yeah. And I love I love the shift. I love the shift in the world at the moment uh, of equalising everything. Yeah. It's got to be done. Yeah. But we can't forget about that masculinity has also ruined... A lot of people's mental oh, health. Oh, 100%. Um, and that thought of men need to be a certain way. Yeah. So to do a cool show about it, and oh, the missus don't get it well, I like going to the pub, man, but that's exactly why. Yeah. It keeps you sane sometimes. Like, she had her girlfriends around the weekend, and I was like, I'm going shopping. And I texted her, like, I'm not coming straight back. She said, oh, no, no it's like you were. It's going. Oh, when I watched the Formula One, I had a point. Yeah, yeah. Relax me. We'd had a mad weekend working. You were at home having your de stress with the girls talking about girl things. <laughs> And the pub just, what, on your own? Well, no, I was watching the Formula One, I'm not on my own. It's just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, it, yeah. it de-stresses you and people just don't get that, which no. is why I built my own pub. Be <laughs> <laughs> you, mate. I was close to calling it um, to the jungle. I was at the, yes, <laughs> the mate. jungle. Imagine. Do it. Do it. No, I'm going to call it the stolen glass, I think. Fair enough. Because I like stealing glasses when I go to pubs. Don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> but I was like thinking, what a good concept to a pub, a concept that people... They ha- they, they're allowed to steal a glass. One glass a night, but you are allowed to come to the pub and steal a glass. And it's either your glass that's got your thing on it, so great branding, what marketing, or other p- pub like dr- beers and stuff will be like, give him the glasses because it's marketing. Yeah. yeah the stolen fair. glass. You're allowed to have one, though. My mum does a good trick because we like stealing glasses as a family. She will ask, can I buy this glass? And they always go, just take it. Well, they apparently I saw a, some 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 bar woman put up saying, "If you're really thinking of stealing that glass, go ahead. We get them for free." Yeah, literally. 
pubs get glasses for free. Because so like, like you say, it's promotion from the company. So I was thinking, like, if you've got a pub that's promoted, if they, that's the name, yeah, people might come just to steal a glass. <laughs> yeah. Then you get more money. <laughs> yeah, mate. Like a, what's it called? A, a, a niche. The niche in the market. Okay. A glass stealing pub. Yeah. Okay. Cool. See how it goes. <laughs> I'm not sure. You're not feeling it, huh? Not no, really, mate, no, if I'm yeah. honest. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Sorry, well, bud. So I've just been, just been dropped. Not that whole... <laughs> It's the first time I've told her about my uh, my business idea and Sorry. I've been shut down. I'm going to do it because I don't like you negative go for people it. like you. Yeah, you go for it. It's so negative. You go for it. Come here, you come in my studio and you're just negative. <laughs> you're crushing my dreams over here. I'll come and sing at the pub. No, you don't like singing unless it's work. You've True. told me that. you got to pay me. you already told me that. You don't like singing unless it's work. <laughs> I don't sing for free. I would wait to sing at my wedding. That's fine. You and Chris. That's fine. Maybe Adam out of retirement. Yeah. I'd love that. That's fine. Boys to men. <laughs> They're boys to men. Yeah, no? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. It's more like dads to boys or dads something. To... Yeah, it's like it's... we're getting old, fat, and ugly. So what now? What Actually, now? no. Let's let's learn about you. We've talked about oh. the choir of man. Oh. Let's take it right. I'll tell back. you what. Before we start, I brought you a little gift, mate. You got two yes. two beer mats. I asked for these. There you go, mate. That's the ridge. Like that's the ridge, and then they made this one, which has not got my face on it, but. Yeah. Amazing. There you go, mate. Imagine if it did have you on it. That'd be cool. That'd be even better. I wasn't original. What I'm going to do though, I'm gonna, I think I've got a pen in there. I'm going to get you to sign one of them yeah. before I go. Because okay. I want to put it in a little thing. And yeah. my first bit of memorabilia Aww. on the wall. Thanks, mate. That'd be sick. So unless you want to sign an original one, it's totally up to you if you want to ruin it. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter to me <laughs> you, at all, you mate. Good, you're famous now. You've got to be good at your signature. You've got to be good at your signature now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll get you to sign one, and then Sound. I want to put in a little thing, and I'll put your picture with the mop on my wall. Thanks, mate. That'll be the first bit of memorabilia. So let's Boom. learn about Josh. Yes. So you've got to the choir, man. You've done it three years. You've toured. You've been to the Caribbean. You've now headlined Coventry, which I do feel the fact that I'm getting friends that I've never seen go to the theatre. They're like, look who I met at the weekend. Um, and just the amount of people that have been or I met someone there I met someone's dad there and he was oh, like really? what are you doing here I'm like well you know I'm into this stuff what are you doing here <laughs> um, it's taken Coventry like I think everyone was talking about it there was yeah. people that had got tickets then people were trying to, they don't got any tickets spare they yeah, don't yeah. selling any spare tickets like it was like crack people it were was, trying to get hold of them it was pretty well received we were very lucky um, like there was literally people that come up to us like this is our sixth time and I was like What's wrong with you? Well, if you hadn't have finished like two weeks after we'd been, I'd have been again. Yeah. 100% I'd have come again. Yeah. I'd, have, I'd have loved to put my mum. My mum would have actually loved it. She yeah, yeah. loved it. Um, I would have bought way more people. I'd have bought, let's go, big party. Yeah, yeah. It was um, very well received. And Coventry, as far as I'm aware, are doing it again next year. Not necessarily our show, um, but the festival is going back next year. So please, do do go back and support. And it was cool, the little area it was in as well. And yeah, I mean, perfect. I'm from Hinkley. Um, so I don't go to Coventry that much. Um, but as far as I'm aware, and from when I've been in previous, it's sort of, there's been money invested into the city and it was nice. Like, yeah, really nice environment and restaurants. And like you say, the space that we had, the assembly garden was cool. Yeah. There was a nice little bar and... Yeah, it's going off the one Bench night. Bench vibes. Night, the night I was there, the, the bar was going up. Yeah. Some DJ. Some and, DJ, yeah. absolute, playing some tunes. <laughs> Um, I was like, I'm in the middle of Coventry. Like, I'm in a nightclub. What's going on here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back. So before you became this big superstar touring the world. <sighs> don't know about that. Um, in my eyes, mate, you are. You're successful. You don't need to be on the screen. You don't need to be 
earning millions <laughs> you've been and done what you uh, life set out to do yeah um and when i when i met you was wasn't good wasn't good for you you need to do you need to be doing what you were doing we all did we were all the we were all faking to still be okay um yeah it's like you said earlier though like during the whole pandemic obviously performing arts and sort of the creative industry as a whole sort of just got smashed um so a lot of us did sort of everyday jobs um and that's no like shun to those because they need to be done um, but me and Sam worked at DPD for a while and that's where we met um, and it brought together a lot of um, good people who in their normal everyday strive for like the best that they can do it doesn't matter whether they're the bin man or whether they're working at DPD stacking parcels they want to be the best or whatever they do and I think that the whole situation with COVID attracted a lot of driven people and I know it's sort of been said that we were a great team and that was because it was driven people in one place. Like I say, it doesn't matter what we do, we want to be the best at what we do. And I literally remember having competitions of being like, who can unload this lorry the fastest? Oh, mate, I wouldn't have asked for a better summer. Like, Apart from apart from maybe <coughs> let's do something different to, different to what we were doing, but together, yeah. I wouldn't have met all that group of people no. without that summer. And yes, the world was falling apart, but... I couldn't have asked for a better get out, mate. Really. Literally, um, for those ten hours, you could get away. Like because we were doing like a, a vital job or whatever it was, we could go to work. So to get out of that isolation in the house and still go to work and have a laugh, have a laugh, yeah, it was great. I think that's why the managers loved it because even though I'm not a performer on stage, I am really with doing yeah, cheer 100%. and then I'm in the I'm still in the entertainment industry and basically the job I'm doing now we class it as. I don't run cheerleading competitions. I run an entertainment's company. Yeah. Um, and that type of people being in there, they, the managers weren't used to it because we weren't just like, yeah, whatever. What do you want us to do? We're like, woo! We come <laughs> sparkling in every night, like we were loud. <laughs> And then for the whole ten hours, it was like keep the energy up because when I'm not here to be bored, like no, 100%. I don't care what job I'm doing, I'm not here to be bored. Um, exactly. And then to be surrounded by the same people, I wouldn't have survived that job. Not a no. chance. Not no, a chance. No. I wouldn't. If I wasn't surrounded by, by you lot, yeah. I would have been gone. Like, see you later. I ended up being there for 13 months, mate. Ugh. Yeah, I think you were there. We started this. Well, you like a, started the same or like a week before me. And then I was there a little bit. Not after. long ago. When you said you were leaving, I was so happy. Yeah, so tell happy. me about it. It's like, I love the job. And actually, it was a moment in my life where I was like, I don't know whether I want to perform anymore. Because it's so unstable, you're a self-employed person who goes, like right now, I've done three or four months in a contract, and then you don't have anything. And if you audition's coming in and you don't get them, or whatever happens, you've not got an income now. I haven't got an income, I'm trying to find, piece together little bits, there's like little gigs coming up, and I was looking on Next yesterday for a job just like temping at Next. What's that about? Surely there's some performing gigs there. Like everywhere's going off. Yeah. With shows and gigs and Yeah. You'd you'd think so. Can you not sing a bit of Buble or something and go yeah. be a tribute? Probably. Yeah. I, feel like I do keep putting it out there. That'd be your vibe, wouldn't it? I'd love to do voiceover. Voiceover is like one of my dreams. I want to do a kid's book. Oh, okay. Because I just do stupid voices. And it's one thing you can do stupid voices and not get absolutely smashed for. So Anyone out there, voiceover, call me. Um, CBBs. 
Wait, this dude ain't this dude ain't small. I ain't time. even see babies, mate. Just literally anything. He's, Voiceover, I'll do it. A COVID time. warning video. Just hit me up. Um, <laughs> Stag on mic, really performing. Getting the, get the video down. Um, so before, who are you? Where were you? Fifteen-year-old um, Josh, twelve-year-old Josh. Um, yeah, grew up in Hinkley, born and bred. Um, really supportive family. Um, and sort of was pretty good at school. I wouldn't say I particularly excelled at anything really, but I wasn't bad at anything. Yeah. Um, pretty average guy. Come from a family of builders and like just work people. My mum's a nurse. Um, my dad used to work at Caterpillar. <clears throat> my brother's a builder. My granddad's a builder. My uncle's a builder. So I just sort of... And just you twinkle turn around the house <laughs> literally mate <laughs> literally but i didn't i didn't get into theater until i was like 16 so i was like in the theater dancey singy world 16 is like 70 you're pretty much over and past it and dead at, at 16 um so i was a really late bloomer in terms of performing arts um and before that i sort of did um, but were you always that type of child, like, in the middle of the living room, or always in people's faces, not really. entertaining? And... No. Like, my mum was always, I don't know where it came from. Like, literally don't know where it came from. There, I My very first um, show, I did Oliver, and I played the Artful Dodger at, at, like, my high school. And my uncle was like, is that Josh? Because this you is not, character, yeah, this yeah. is just not Josh. I played rugby. I was very average at rugby. Um, I tried again to follow up. Um, my brother played for the Leicester Tigers. Was Could have been sort of a professional rugby player. Unfortunately, didn't. But, um, yeah. So, I was going to play rugby. Wasn't that good at rugby. Just sort of county level. Was never going to make a career out of it. Um, and, yeah. Did um, Oliver. And all my family was like, where has that come from? Because... Josh doesn't do that. That's not Josh. And everyone was like, did you enjoy it? I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. Whatever. Like, still wasn't thinking, I'm going to go to London. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to make a living out of this. Enjoyed it. And then you go, John Cleveland College in Leicestershire. We have three separate schools. We have, like, primary, high, and John Cleveland College, which is, like, upper school, I guess. Um, years, like, nine, ten, and then sixth form and all the rest of it. Um... So I then took it at GCSE level drama amongst other stuff. Resistant materials. I was like, I might be a carpenter. Um, didn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did drama and did well again. And at this point, I joined um, Concordia Youth Theatre, which for any young person, go and join your local theatre, whether it's the youth theatre or join a society within that because... That's where you will learn everything. There's things I learned at my local theatre that I will never forget. And it started me to where I am now. A um, little bit of advice, tidbit there. Um, so yeah, started at my local theatre. Still not really sure what I wanted to do. Um, but theatre never really... I think for a lot of people, theatre and the entertainment industry is like... for just the odd person and for some reason they get picked up somewhere and yeah. you don't train and it's all that but yeah so still at my local theatre did drama at GCSE did well drama GCSE 
did reasonable at school, got like my seven, eight GCSEs above C, and it was all fine. I can get a normal job if I really wanted to. Then went to college to do musical theatre, a BTEC. Bring back the BTEC. Bring <laughs> it back, vocational training. Yes. Um, yeah, so I did a BTEC in musical theatre at Brooksby Melton College, um, which is now heavily changed and been upgraded since I've been there. Oh, wow. Um, they had amazing teachers and supported us. And there was, a, again, our little posse of people. We were known as the Hinkley Lads who were very passionate about. And it was at this point that I then decided, I was like, this could be a career. Because up until this point, I just hadn't really given it a thought. And then at this point, there was now starting people being like, Josh, you're actually good at this. And you're starting to be able to sing. And when I first started, I couldn't sing a note. Like literally. There's hope for everyone out there. Dreadful. Everyone can sing. hope for me. I genuinely think everyone can sing. I wish I could sing. There is a saying that they recommend. It's like a bird. Every bird has a song. Yeah. You've just got to try and find your... Everyone can sing, Pitch. just varying degrees of, like, goodness. Yeah. But and I, you shouldn't try and sound like someone else because that's no. not your pitch or your exactly. song. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. If, if there's something I wish I could do, it would be sing. <laughs> I, one of my, be a bit taller. I was taught... <laughs> <laughs> I was taught classically, and my teacher always said, imagine what you want your voice to sound like, and then you will sound better straight away. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So just imagine you're great, and it should come out better. <laughs> no, not uh, a chance. Uh, I always try and sing. <laughs> Bro, I'm sitting here on my own singing. <laughs> it sounds a little bit better on the microphone. That's about it. <laughs> the mic sounds a little bit better. Uh, well, yeah, so I'm in Melton, starting to get told I can, I'm pretty good, I can sing. Um, and I was like, sound, okay. Still not 100% sure of what I wanted to do. But then you start learning about like stage schools in London and like how much it's going to cost and like who's been there to what school and like your favorite performers have been to X, Y, and Z school and you want to go to this school and there's like 30 places for 10,000 people auditioning. You're like, right, cool. That's not going to happen. But yeah, whatever. I'm going to try anyway. So um, unfortunately, my dad got really ill um, while I was, not while I was before Melton, but started to come towards the end of his illness um, while I was at Melton. So I actually said, you know what, I'm going to be home for another year, I want to spend the time with my dad, and I did another course at Melton, not my favourite thing in the world, but I knew what I was doing, where I was doing, I was going to be at home, um, and then unfortunately, the end of that course, my dad passed away with cancer, um, but during this time, I'd auditioned for, I don't know, I guess it's one of the top schools in the world, definitely one of the top schools in the UK, possibly one of the top schools in the world, Um and I got a place uh, at Mount View. Um, it was in Wood Green, but they moved to Peckham like a year ago, two years ago. Um, but you're talking like 12 and a half grand a year. It's like private education. Yeah. So luckily they're affiliated with a, a university. So you can get so much for um, tuition. And you can get a student loan and... There is means and ways, but you're still talking like twelve and a half grand for tuition. Then you've got to live in London and pay your way in London. Yeah, it's like, too. <laughs> um, so yeah, got a place. Unfortunately, dad passed away. Um, so I had all that going on. And I was thinking, I don't want to leave my mum. I don't want to leave my family because I want to support. It's literally like my dad died in the June. And I was due to go to Mount View in September. Oh. 
So it was all yeah. that like, I don't want to leave my family, but also this is like literally a once in a lifetime opportunity. As in literally, I'd say top 10 schools in the world, like, and I've got a place and they yeah. want me to go. And my mum was like, you mom know said, what? you go in. Literally, <laughs> she was like, you know what? Your dad would have wanted you to go. I'll be fine. I've got your brother, your sister, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, so I go to Mount View um, and have an incredible three years. There is ups, there is downs, there is laughs, people are crying, and that's just in one day. Um, <laughs> it's performing, right? <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, this might not be real. <laughs> yeah, and don't get me wrong, people can perform without going to stage school. You can do your own lessons, go to and see these amazing yeah, teachers. Yeah, and yeah, so I had my three years, and then your final year is like your public showcase. So agents come, your family can fight, so your family can't see you perform for two years. In Mount View, they like lock you away and they're like, we're keeping them until third year. So third year happens and you probably... So it's a cult. (laughs) Yeah, sort of. (laughs) Mount View. Uh, (laughs) And then third year happens and like I say, you get to... um, Agents are invited. We're very lucky at Mount View that we've got a pretty good reputation and agents want to come to Mount View because they know they produce a certain standard of performer and blah, 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 blah. And like I say, a family finally gets to come and see what they've paid literally £80,000 for. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was very lucky in that I got several agent offers. I was wanted by many people, which was lovely. All right, mate. Uh, um, and I got an agent. Just middle-aged women. <laughs> uh, I actually, my first agent. Was a middle-aged woman? No, not really. Yeah, sort of. But she was Daisy she Ridley's agent. Did she look after you? She did look after <laughs> wink, me. Wink, wink. <laughs> no. Um, she was the same. They looked after Daisy Ridley. As in Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wowzers. I mean, they dropped me after like... A week. No, a year. After she'd done what she wanted to do. I think you. it was a year, <laughs> a year and a half or two years. Um, just because it just wasn't working out. Yeah. They were great. They were a very good agent. Still are a very good agent. And I would never wish anything. They were great to me. It was just me who wasn't getting employed by people. Yeah. Um, so then I had to move agent. And I sort of put emails out and all the rest of it. And I'm now with um, who I'm with now. It's got to be a tough business though. Real tough business. Yeah, it is. It's really hard. Is it oversaturated as well? Yeah. When I said, like, there's 30 places for 10,000 performers, that's literally what it is every year. You get, like, inundated every year with these new grads who are amazing and really fit and look great and young. And then there's us people who are getting older and older and older. My joints are now, like, not where they're supposed to be. My back's gone. My voice is getting old and haggard. Um, So, yeah, it's it's pretty hard. It's pretty cutthroat. Um, And that first year I was out... I think I probably had well over a hundred auditions and didn't get any of them. Like that's not a job. Be hard, that's um, be hard. Yeah, because you're talking like, how many people go for a hundred job interviews and don't get any of them? Like literally, and you don't get feedback. They don't say why they don't want you. They just say you're not got it. So life goes on. Do you think um, not your upbringing, but your surroundings would have been maybe why you didn't think that's where you wanted to go? You say dad's a builder. Your brother's playing high level rugby. Very um, masculine, even though you are still masculine. Yeah. But very masculine upbringing. I just don't think we were really exposed to, to theatre. So then maybe you're a At bit all. like, yeah, that's why you didn't know. 
Maybe. Like, my mum loves the theatre, but we just didn't... It wasn't like every week or every I month. I your age as well. You're with kind of the same sort of age. Yeah. Back in the day, you coming out and saying you want to do theatre was also saying... Yeah, I mean, else. going from rugby to theatre, like, wasn't the easiest transition, but yeah. I'm a very laid-back person. Yeah, so I, I'm one of those weird people that I've never had that problem. No, like, I just couldn't care I less. I did dancing when I was a kid. Yeah. Did marching band. Yeah, yeah. played rugby. Oh, mate, I r- raced remote-controlled cars. That yeah, was where so the cool... Me, which is, that that's where weird, the cool that was, kids That was hang another out. weird, like... Another weird, like... We probably raced against each other. <laughs> We've never known each other. No, literally. Um... But I've never cared, like, yeah. like my mum's been asked, is your son gay, my sister, my brother, yeah. and I'm like, I, I don't care, like, no, yeah. am I? I don't know. Like, I used to just go through life, like, maybe I might be in the end, but yeah. then you find, you know you're not. No, um, yeah. And why does something that you're going to do define you? Like, 100%. Just because you want to perform on a stage doesn't mean, that's what I always say, probably a bit more, less PG than this, but I'd always say, like, why just because I want to perform means that I like men. Yeah. Like, <laughs> What I used to get about, I was like, lads, you're on a pitch with 30 men. Hugging. I'm on a stage with 30 women. Yeah. Who's... Just saying. That's what I would say with cheer. <laughs> so on a Sunday, you want to go in the rain, in the cold, and you want to roll around with men in little shorts. Cool. Well, I'll go on a Sunday, and I'll be in a warm gym, and I'll be with I'll be with 10 lads, and I'll be with 20 other girls. Literally. Like you say. Like, and I'm, I'm ripped. I do, so. I do exactly the same, like, uh... <laughs> but, um... No, I just, I don't know whether it is how, again, like brought up, um, my mum is incredible, like my shining star. So I'm not saying like upbringing, just surroundings, of, yeah. they didn't they didn't dabble in it. No, so. mum loved music, my whole family loves music, and I think that's, again, why I've probably got such an eclectic taste. My dad was like Stones and Rod Stewart, and my mum was like Stevie Wonder, and then I found like jazz, and it's like, I love it all. I'm the, that's why that's why I wish well, I'm, I'm probably made to play an instrument because I can play an instrument but yeah. that's why I wish I could sing because I like everything yeah if, if if you play a song it could be rock and I'll be into it or it could be even sometimes the new grime or whatever's coming out one tune might there you go. tickle my fancy but yeah. it's only it's not like oh I like that song it's just I like you feel the song do you know yeah. what I mean I'm um, into funk at the minute I love a bit of funk Earth, Wind and Fire legendary oof. yeah I like a bit of that in the morning um yeah, possibly. Um, like I say, mum loved theatre, loves music, but we just, I guess half it was like money. We couldn't really afford, because it's not cheap. Theatre isn't cheap. Um, so I guess that was part of it. And like I say, my dad was like rugby every Sunday. We're going to go and see Dave, my brother. And we're going to go and stand by the field and we're going to cheer and lose our voice and drink beer. Um, so theatre just wasn't really a thing. And like my cousins were in, went to dance school, so went to dance shows every year. Um but yeah, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. And that's why I think everyone was so surprised when I did it. Literally, one of my teachers, it was my history teacher, Miss McGovern. And she was like, do you want to be in the show? Because we've not got enough lads. And you can be the Artful Dodger. And I was like, um, yeah, go on then. <laughs> and that was with Adam, who yeah, we went yeah. DPD with. Yeah. And they were like, would you get Adam and Ben? And we were like, uh, yeah, all right. I was like, I've got rugby training on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. So like, it's fine rehearsals are like Wednesdays and Fridays or whatever and I was like yeah Sam whatever cool and you just I think at that age you just go with the flow or at least I did I just went with the flow yeah, it was funny for me at school because I, I only passed art and drama right in GCSE so it's clearly where I was going in life something artistic creative yeah <laughs> failed science maths just about 
got through English, I think, but I wouldn't really class it as a pass. I even failed PE. That was oh, just lack of coursework. Oh, fair enough. Um, but art and drama, it, I even passed those. With drama didn't do my coursework. I just did the practical. I yeah. managed to get A grade. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then was never, ever in a performance once in high school. Really? But I think that was a scared thing. Yeah. Because I was on that mix of, I was not part of the cool kids, but I was part of the gymnastics club, which was pretty big in that school. And yeah. I was like, what, are you going to be on stage? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, you either pick one or the other. Yeah. Um, but then wasn't really known as a, as an art, I was known as like a, a loud person. But really? it was never, a, but it was never, a, <laughs> not me. Weird. But it was never like artistic and creative back then. Yeah. Um, which is well, why I think sometimes schools can be a bit of a downfall because my, my art teacher was a nightmare and he could have ruined I think, me. I think generally, like the arts and creative subjects are looked sort of down on. And I still think now to these days. I wish I was at school now though. Yeah. The way you you, you can be creative. 100%. And you're allowed to be. Yeah. Like I remember my art teacher, so you do like a, I don't know the same, when you're at school, you do um a 10 hour exam, two days, five hours, five hours. That's yeah. your GCSE piece. Yeah. I was getting like halfway through the second day. So I was like seven and a half hours in and he comes to me and says, yeah, you can't do that. I was like, got two and a half hours. Seven left. hours. Got two and a half hours left. He's like, yeah, it needs a, well, at least needs a bit of color in it. So I was just like thinking, well, I can't. This ain't good enough. He thinks it's not good enough. I'm yeah. Like, Why would you do that to your student? Well, even if you didn't think it was good enough, just that's great. Yeah. Let them fail. That's going. my fault then. Yeah. No. Exactly. It's uh, pretty. You just think. But I bet now these days, I bet the arts teachers and the drama teachers they employ. Art, arts and dramas teacher. Like, he was a yeah. good drawer, but not a great teacher. Yeah, yeah, Like, great. He was, you sit and watch him draw. He knew all that stuff. Yeah. But then my drama teacher, she was a drama teacher. Right. And you learn from it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. hopefully, I think now, schools are going to be a lot better at that. I hope so. Because it's being more accepted as well. You could be creative and earn money. Especially yeah. with the internet. Especially with Literally, like, a content creator when we were at school was not a job. No. Like, it wasn't... A th- Instagram wasn't there. Guys, I don't know how young you are watching this. We've not always had mobile phones <laughs> and we've not always had Instagram. Or YouTube. How old do we sound? But, like like you say, content creators and, like, YouTubers were not a thing. Um, David Dobrik wasn't alive. Mr. Beast wasn't there. Um, so we had to do things like banking or, like, I don't know, home economics, which is like cooking. And you know what I mean? Explain what that is to Literally, kids. you know what I mean? Um, and even to this day, you still get people come to the show and they're like, oh, what do you do for a job? And we're like, um, this. You, you just watched me. Um, this is what I do. Because people don't think that performing is a job. Well, that was like, like bef- a hobby. before the job I got here. Like, well, how, how have you got that? Because I had the same car as you. And it's like, how have you got that? And I'm like, yeah, I do a bit of fitness and then I'll teach cheerleading. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. What? And then I know Alex's dad, I don't know if he doesn't listen to this, watch it. He did not think I was ever going to be able to get a house or do anything on what I was doing constantly. Yeah. Constantly. And I had to like talk to him about my accounts, really. To yeah, say, yeah. Hey, look, this is what I'm bringing in. Are you, are you I'm big time. Are you, are you comfortable I'm with that? I'm a big shot. Are you comfortable with that? <laughs> um, I've seen them now, like they're now the job I'm in now. I'd never dreamed of being the job I'm in now. And people say, you do what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, I do logistics for cheerleading competitions. Yeah. That many, yeah, 18 a year. <laughs> and they're like, oh, with like one of them's got like 10,000 people come to it. Yeah. We're in two halls at the BIC. You've been the BIC, right, in Bournemouth? No. No? So it's like massive. Well, yeah, so 10,000 people over the weekend. So it's like wow. a, I think it's like a 4,000 seater 
hall. Like oh, sick. Hall. But it's two different yeah. ones, and we fill both venues in the weekend. Nice. Three days. Um, people think, like, how can you do that? Like, how, how can you do that a job? I'm like, I don't know. I kind of fell into it and just kept doing what I was doing. People always <laughs> need people. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, yeah. So then Josh then comes out of school. He doesn't come out of school. He comes out of school. <laughs> Not comes out of school. Um, uh, he has got a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> um, I'm here. He goes there. Woo! Let's do it on the podcast live. <laughs> Actually, Sam, I've got something to say. Um, leaves school. Goes to this world. Leaves college. Performance college. Yeah. Um, 100 interviews down. <laughs> can't get, get a job. Crying. Then what happens? Um, so, what happens? Friends now in Wicked. One of my best mates, Jack, he was in Wicked as Bok. I did see that on your Instagram. We've yeah. never had this conversation. Yeah. He's a little dude. my favourite musical. Little people, mate. He's literally like nothing. He's a munchkin in the show. So I could have been a munchkin. You could have been a munchkin. Um, and it's his opening night, actually. Or press night, or whatever it is. And he's like, mate, do you want to come along? Our guest, get dressed up. Our little pie. Sound, yeah. And I've just done an audition for a cruise, a German cruise company called Aida. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? It's getting a bit boring now. I'm sort of over this. Um, yeah. So if it doesn't work out, then I think I'm going to start winding down and maybe giving it up. It just obviously isn't for me. People don't want to hear me, see me. It's fine. I'm over it. Um, so go to this press night. Literally the day after, agent rings me. Um, Aida have called. They want to put you on their books. Right. So putting you on your books is like code word for you're all right but we don't really want you that's what i think anyway it's like you know when someone says oh we're just gonna like pencil you in you either want me or you don't so put me on but i was like yeah cool whatever a week was it a week after all no it was a little bit like because i was doing panto actually at the civic hall in bedith um during panto they're like we need you to fly out as an emergency like a singer and I was like, what? They were like, are you free like tomorrow? This is to fly out for six months. Are you free tomorrow? I was like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not not free. Uh, can you give me two weeks? Because I've still got to finish Panto. And I've sort of also got to get my life together. I need like, is it even like down to like clothes? I don't know what I've got. Because on a cruise ship, you have to look a certain way, like yeah, smart yeah. and all the rest of it. <clears throat> so finish that, go and do six months on AIDA where all the guests are German and luckily the entertainment is all in English, basically all in English. Um, have an amazing time. We are cruising around the Baltic. So I've been up and down Norway and Sweden and Finland and Denmark and, and all the rest of it. Um, so yeah, do that for six months and then literally the last two weeks of my contract on AIDA um chris norton like my brother basically that's how good of a friend he is um messages me he's like mate you need to get in for this show and i was like what are you want about he's like get your agent on it auditions are the week you get back i was like what are you want about? he's like the choir of man is like you need to audition for this show i was like he sends me a breakdown through and you have to play like an instrument for most of the roles in choir of man because we all play yeah, yeah. live um, I was like mate I can't play any instruments this is no good he's like mate there's the barman there doesn't play an instrument I was like right I'll get on to my agent speak to my agent I fly back from Aida 
on the Sunday. My audition for Choir of Man was Tuesday. And round by round, basically, I was doing very well. So you audition Tuesday. They're like, can you come back Wednesday? Come back Wednesday. Can you come back Thursday? Come back Thursday. Friday is the final finals. There's like three people for every part. And we're all literally stood there. And by this point, you've done three days together. So you're a bit more like... Comfortable, yeah. Yeah, it's like camaraderie. It's like, I hope everyone... Obviously, not everyone can get this, but I hope everyone gets it. We do the finals. And everyone's like, do you know what, lads? Do you want to just go for a pint? Yeah, Sam. And there's a pub next door to the audition room. So there's like, say, 12 of us that go for a pint. And I think it was seven out of those 12 people, out of the nine lads that they needed... Or it just happens that seven of us all went for a pint. Whatever. And yeah, so from literally landing Sunday to Friday evening, when they let us all know, I was in the choir of man. And then two weeks after that, I flew out to Florida, started rehearsals for the cruise ship where choir of man's on. And then been doing choir of man ever since. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it was a... That like week was crazy. Because it was like literally land... I hadn't even unpacked. I was like, I don't even know what clothes I need because I need to go and audition <laughs> and I'm possibly going to be in London for a week and I need clothes for a week. Um, so literally from landing Sunday, I think it was Sunday morning, my brother picked me up from uh, Heathrow, I think it was. Uh, drove home, sorted out what I needed. Obviously, you've got like material that you need to sing. So I was like, right, I need to find sheet music. Got sheet music, sorted all that out. And then, yeah, was in London for three days and then was flying out two weeks later to Florida to travel around the Caribbean. Sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Sounds it's nice. A very good but, life. Like you say, that iffy will it work, will the work come it's slightly exciting there, right? Too, but Yeah, I'm very lucky at the moment, right now. I know um I've been lucky enough to be cast in the US tour of Choir of Man that's gonna happen Ooh. January second. Oh, yeah, superstar. <laughs> Flying out January second to tour x amount of states in the u.s so very lucky um but right now i've got two months where i've got no income don't know what's happening yeah do you know what i mean um i'm lucky enough so in every performer's head because they don't know when the next job's coming nine times out of ten your previous job you try and work out if i haven't got work for two months i'll save enough money because I know something will come along in two months. To get you through. Yeah, that's literally how we work. So when it, like you get something else, you're like, yes, I can spend all this money. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably not a nice place to be in, but... Like you say, it can be exciting, especially when you've got... I know I've got something coming, that leaves a lot of pressure. Yeah. Because it's not like an indefinite leave period. It's like, yeah, it's two or three months. It's awkward for an employer as well, trying to get a job and going, I can work with you for like two months but I might need a week off here and a day off there. And they're like, no, right. No, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's not a thing. Um, so yeah, it's trying to find like your voiceover jobs, your little teaching jobs, your little workshop jobs. Um, they're what, like gigging. I've got a couple of concerts that I'm going to go and do. Um, yeah, it's, it's that. Nice. So you've already said one thing that you would tell the younger generation or the younger performer. Yeah. Do you have like one main thing that you think changed? your path to the career of where, where you are or just do it as in there's so many people that will put you off this career and I'll probably be one of them I'm not gonna lie I went into Melton actually like 18 months ago and I was like I don't want to be the grim reaper of theatre right now but 98% of you are not going to do this you are going to fail 
but don't let that put you off. That 1%. And I think when I was at school, people telling me that was fire for me to be like, not a chance of my failing. I'm yeah. that sort of person. I don't like to fail. Um, and even if you do fail, learn something from it and go back at it and be better. Yeah. Um, well, even if it's not going to be a career in performing arts, it'll be a career in kind of what you like. Yeah. Do it. So like where I'm at now, like it's not where I wanted to be two years ago, Yeah. but I'm really happy where I'm at. Like, 100%. And the good thing about the performing arts and creative arts generally is the skills are so applicable to so many things. Yeah. Um, because you learn how to speak and you're confident when speaking, employers love that because you can speak to people. So any customer-facing job, you immediately have got that first battle down because you can. if someone's coming with you complaint, you can talk to them. Yeah. Whether it's true or not is completely irrelevant. <laughs> but you can talk to them and like calm them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I think again that's why I've probably worked in customer service when I'm not acting. I work behind a bar for like ever. Yes. Yeah, Start singing random songs. They're like, Who's this dude What's going trying, on? trying to save me a point and they're singing <laughs> random songs. Like, no, you're not having any more but you're drunk. Yeah. Um Yeah, like they're so applicable and you a lot of creative people are quite friendly, so personable and I a friend of mine who I met I hadn't seen for two years. I met last week <clears throat> and she's now doing counselling just because it's applicable again. You're a friendly person. People, you can talk. Can, yeah. You can you, listen well. Exactly. Um, so yes, you probably will fail, but do go and try and do it. You will never know unless you try and the odds are not in your favour, but you still can be that <clears throat> anomaly that does do it yeah and just because you don't get to the west end doesn't mean you're you not failed, a performer yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. like i've not even well that's a lie but i've not performed as a west end performer yet but i've Still made successful i've made a reasonable living so far out of singing and dancing for the past three years um and i've got to see some of the most incredible places in my life i've seen some of the best beaches in the world I've performed at the Sydney Opera House. I've performed for 750,000 people on the radio. I've like been on national TV, like everything. Yeah. Royal Albert Hall. You don't have to be in the limelight to, to, to be you, successful. I think people sort of pigeonhole theatre as the West End. Yeah. And it's really not. Like the West End's not going anywhere. If it takes me till I'm 60 to be in the West End, then it takes me till I'm about 60. Um, Is that your goal? I'd love to do the West End. It's like a seal of approval. And it's like yeah, yeah. just what I've always wanted to do in my life. Um, and there's certain shows that I want to do and all the rest of it. Um, I will do the West End at some point. At some point, I'll yes. do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, advice for young people. Just be the best you can be. Don't like judge yourself on other people. You can use those people as like a drive and a fire. But don't go, they're better at that than me. Then I'm not doing it. Just, just not a thing like dance classes at Mount View I'm a terrible dancer I can tap ish I'm a terrible dancer but you'd see someone who's like far better than you and that'd make you want to be as good as them and I'd want to be in classes with them and like against them people instead because, of going the other way and thinking oh they're too they're yeah, better than me I'm not good enough 100% they're going to push you if they're good people they'll push you to be as good as them yeah Um. always so amazing yeah. well congratulations on already at the moment successful career thank you you've mate. got a long 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 way to go I thank have. you for the gifts that's all right um, mate let's get you to sign it oh you, uh, you're not going to see it on the black one so you're going to have to sign the original I'm gonna sign one the so the ridge. i'll try not to mate i'll try not to <laughs>
Oh, oh. The pen's. Oh, is that my bad? The pen's a bit trash, but oh. it's okay. Is it done it? Sort of. I'll just go over it really slowly. That's it. <laughs> my own. <laughs> Um, and good luck in America thank you thank you for coming on and finally talking to me it's taken a long time to get you in it has took a while um, but I will get I'm, I will get you Chris and Adam on <laughs> all together I want to get Chris on when he comes back yes um, I don't know if you will though to be honest he's going to come back and then go straight back out yeah he keeps trying that one but I'll try <laughs> i say have a drink do a late night one he might be like up for it have a drink um, but yeah thank you for coming on thank Not you for all, thank spending you. some time with me um, like I say Always. good luck in America bless you um yeah, that's another good rap. Peace. Boom.